and welcome to A Couple of Goons, the podcast for uh, a grizzled veteran who knows hockey and a grizzled not hockey veteran who's learning hockey. I am Hi. one of your co-hosts. I'm Neil Payne of 538.com. I'm joined by Walter Hickey of Insider. Hey, Walt. Hello. Uh, you, you great are week of non, hockey. You are a non-grizzled. You know, you're no. a grizzled non-veteran. I have a lot of grizzle. Like you're a still lot. grizzled. I, I actually had to get some of the grizzle medically removed because my doctor said that I had way too much grizzle for somebody who was 30. So, uh, but yeah. I'm very grizzled, but not hockey. Well, I am hockey, but like, I'm like level two. Yeah. You, you did yeah. level up last episode. Yeah. For the, for those that are new to our show, Walt is, uh, becoming a hockey guy this season, mm. capital yes. H capital G. And, yes. uh, I ha- uh, am a longtime hockey guy, so I'm shepherding him along the way. And that's kind of the premise of our show. We also talk about what's going on in the world of hockey, uh, uh particularly focused on the national hockey league, uh, which is a national based, really multiple nations, uh, in that national. And right now, uh, the, the nations are separated uh, and, and, uh, the Canadian based teams are playing themselves and the American teams are also playing themselves and, uh, <laughs> they have different levels of, uh, quality of play, but also different levels of virus. It's just a whole different ecosystem right now. Anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm rambling a bit to start the show, <laughs> but we're excited to be here, uh, talking about hockey. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, interesting week. A lot of the focus this week felt like it was on things that were not hockey. Now, correct or not, you know, there was uh, a, an NFL game of note, as I understand it. But uh, mm-hmm. beyond that, we are not here to discuss that. We are here to talk about hockey. The only thing in Tampa that we care about is that lightning. Are the know? lightning. Yeah. Which, uh, are, you know, they, they were the champions first. They they beat the Bucks to the punch, at least in the last calendar year. So I think huh. really we could just say, that the Bucks won because they saw the lightning and they were inspired. They were inspired. And it just arrived. It came to them. It almost just like, you know, they didn't have the playbook. And then something happened last, last year, obviously that then was just like, Nope, we got it. That's what up. Um, yeah. That's the only thing that happened last year that would led to this result. Yeah. Nothing else of no, nothing. You yeah. Know, yeah. The only thing that came to Tampa was the cop. And, and everything else came from right. that. It was an old thing that mm. came to Tampa. Yes, that Ancient, uh, was yeah. was like a little too shiny, a little too shiny for its age. Very shiny. And yeah. people were like, eh, I don't know. That cup looks like it's had a little bit of work done. I don't know about that. But uh, it was also inspiring. So, you know, it's it's nice to see a story like that play out for a city like that, Tampa. Yes, it is absolutely nice. The town deserves it. Um, so uh, this week, again, fascinating week. Right now, uh, we are watching uh, the wonderful NBC Sports Network, The Doomed NBC Sports Network. It's been, it's been, you know, it's got finite number of time on that clock. Yeah, like, well, the yeah, they, it's, it's so doomed that they actually have a band uh, on the deck playing nearer uh, to my God or the <laughs> or whatever the song was <laughs> as it's going down you know the captain he's 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 like i'm i'm going to actually he's not going to go down with the ship at all it'll he'll just become some kind of uh he'll be optioned to some uh you know production role with um peacock <laughs> sports are they calling yes. that that is Co- uh, they should the shorten worst that thing. to cock sports <laughs> <laughs> oh, free free tip for them like Fox uh, Sports One. Fox like we Sports need another one. Yes. 
<laughs> you see, we're we're just full of ideas on yes. this. But yeah, you're, we're watching um, NBC Sports Network, uh, the Bruins, and your New York Hockey Rangers. That My New uh, York Hockey Rangers. They were leading, and then uh, they they're no longer leading, but they are tied uh, right now, uh, midway through, really midway through the game, midway through the second period. I'm also watching, uh, through the wonders of NHL.tv. I'm watching the <laughs> Montreal Canadians and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we'll talk about one of those teams a little bit later. Is NFL TV, NHL.tv, is that one of those like officially sanctioned things? Or is that one of those like, Russian it is officially situation? sanctioned. Yes. Yeah, since Got I'm, it, okay. uh, in, in, uh, I'm in the biz uh, mm. of sports i'm able to um uh leverage that to not have to get reddit streams although mm. um you know uh, i i i did like the the renegade nature of looking up the reddit nhl streams the subreddit and then uh you know try like they'll give you for each game they'll give you 10 links and you know one out of 10 ain't bad as a yeah, success exactly. rate we'll, we'll just know, say that you, as as the great Wayne Gretzky said, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. And so, right, you uh, yes. don't watch a hundred percent of the Reddit streams. <laughs> you don't try to pirate. You get redirected to a to an Isle of Man gambling site every time that you don't get a correct. <laughs> That's what Gretzky was thinking of when he mm-hmm. um, had that quote. By the way, we should always note that was a quote by Brent Gretzky. Brent Gretzky, <laughs> like Brent Gretzky, was the one who talked frequently about getting illegal streams on Reddit. Um, and I think that says something about the quality of his NHL career. Yes. Um, so, fun week so far. Uh, let's talk about Team of the Week. Team of the Week is a is a weekly segment um, where we talk about a good team and one that's improved in the rankings, one that's quite good in the rankings. And you have your eye on one of the Canadian franchises. Um, I do, the Canadian yes. Franchises. They're notable because all of them are currently allowed to play hockey. They are allowed um, to play hockey. Yes. Not the case all around. No, in fact, uh, probably more uh, more the case that teams south of the U.S. Canada border not allowed to play mm. hockey right now. Yes, maybe they will be allowed in the in the near future. We're hoping, um, but yes, the Canadian teams have have done quite well in that regard. And the team I wanted to focus on of the last week uh, are the the biggest risers in our Elo ratings. Uh, that shout out to GitHub.com yes. slash. Uh, Neil Payne 538. Slash Neil Payne 538, your number one source of, of hockey ratings and rankings. Basically, uh, yes. So, yeah, it's, 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 uh, yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs are the team of the week for this week. Uh, and the reason why they are is that they are just on fire. I believe they've won seven of their last eight contests. Uh, and they are up to number six in the rankings. Uh, we had talked about the Montreal Canadiens, who, uh, as I mentioned, are playing toronto tonight as being maybe you know like they were i think our first team of the week uh or or one of the teams of the week that was of week one of this podcast uh but uh, because they seemed like oh my gosh montreal they might win the north division they they're favorites in this division they're an improved team don't get me wrong they've looked pretty good so far but i think we've seen toronto assert itself they heard what we were saying about um the those those french speaking uh players uh and they were like this can't stand we have to bring it back to the maple leaf gardens which is now <laughs> a um it's now a grocery store i think they they don't really? play in that facility anymore it's or like a college owns it. It's a whole weird thing. But anyway, the Leafs have been great recently. 
uh, and they're the biggest gainer in points of the last week. Uh, and like I said, sixth best team in the league. And right now we have them as favorites to win the North uh, with going into this game. No, no word on how it'll change with this game, uh, but they had a 54% chance of winning the North division, which is the highest of any team in the North. Second best is Montreal at uh, 28%, and you have Winnipeg coming up behind them at, at 10%. So really, it, it had looked for a little while like, ooh, maybe Montreal will take the the um, the wind out of Toronto's sails because they were favorites going in. And Toronto has a long, rich history of looking really good on paper and then disappointing massively once they actually play but for now strong playoff chance 98% chance of making the playoffs uh and 54% chance of winning the north and a 7% chance of hoisting the cup which would be a huge deal for the Toronto Maple Leafs who as a franchise it was such a big deal for them to lose the round before the cup in 1993 that mm-hmm. they still talk about that as though they did win the cup that year, even though I would like to they talk did not, about, yeah, like, they did not I've only not this. win the cup. They yeah. did not even lose to the team that did win the, uh, win the cup. They lost to the team that lost to the team that won the cup. Yeah. I want to talk about this because again, like, you know, there's some like osmosis that occurs and just like gen- general hockey knowledge. And I know that Canada has had a rough time, on the sport that they, you know, love invented, the most of any guys invented, enjoy the enjoy constantly. Have By several which we're talking about minutes. curling, but also they do have a long drought in hockey. We should have uh, uh, Joel on, uh, yes. Joel and Julia on to talk about curling sometime. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah. Uh, so they invented hockey. There's it's named after like a prime minister's wife, some trophy that you were telling me about. Uh, yeah, the lady king. Yes. Uh, very important, but my understanding is that there is some sort of drought, and my understanding for the Montreal Maple Leafs, rather the Toronto Maple Leafs, is that there is a very significant drought. What? 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 What is all this about? Yeah. So the drought for Canada as a whole is that no Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup since 1993. The Montreal mm-hmm. Canadiens won that year. Uh, they beat the L.A. Kings and uh, Wayne Gretzky the lesser Gretzky, uh, as, as we've frequently mentioned. Um, uh, but that was the last time that any Canadian team won the Stanley cup, which is like, uh, kind of unthinkable. Like you sort of, you hear that and, and it just doesn't even register. You're like, Oh, well, you know, surely some Canadian team has won since then. Like, I don't know. The Calgary Flames. Oh wait, no, they lost uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not even the the most recent Tampa Championship. Uh, not even the most recent Lightning Championship. Rather, the, uh, the they lost in two thousand four, I believe, in seven games. The Edmonton Oilers lost the Carolina Hurricanes in two thousand six. Uh, I believe that one also went seven. That's a that's a, a tough pill to swallow. Uh, and then the Ottawa Senators in 2007 lost to the Anaheim Ducks uh, in the finals. So you had three straight cups because they didn't have one in 2005. Remember the incident uh, that uh, were were lost by Canadian teams to the cities of Tampa, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, Orange County, California. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a, that's tough to swallow. And then the Vancouver Canucks lost the 2011 final to the Boston Bruins. 
at least that's a fine, respectable hockey city, hockey franchise. But man, the Vancouverites did did not take well to losing that one. Uh, nor did they in 1994 when they lost to, to your New York Rangers. We should point hey. out. Um, but basically, they've had here. they've had a stretch. I know. Hey, I'm trying to I'm trying to hoist the cup with Mark Messier here. Um, so the uh, yeah, the Canadian teams they they have come close a few times since that that drought started but uh they have lost sometimes in heartbreaking fashion and then when it comes to uh the leafs in particular they i think we mentioned this they are the only uh canadian team not to have won it at all since the original six or they're the only original six team rather to not have won at all since the original six stopped being a thing when they Detroit lions style they are kind of a detroit lions or yeah like a cleveland browns kind of you know one of these uh storied teams that has been around for a long time but uh doesn't necessarily have the success level that you would expect of a team that has been around that long uh so their last cup win was 1967 uh, which was the final season before the uh, the expansion uh, away from six teams. Uh, and I believe they beat the Montreal Canadiens. So tonight's matchup is a rematch of the 1967 <laughs> Stanley Cup final. Uh, but yeah, the, the Leafs look great this year. You know, they've kind of teased their fans with their potential for a long time. But Mitch Marner, that's someone to know. He's off to an insane start to the season. He has 21 points in 13 games. Austin Matthews, uh, I believe, has scored a goal in eight straight games, which is the tied for the second longest streak in you know, recent memory. I don't know when the cutoff is, but they showed a graphic about that. He scored in eight. He scored a goal in eight straight games. He has 11 goals in 12 games. He's almost averaging a goal a game, which you don't see right now. Uh, anyone do since the the days of of Gretzky and friends? You uh, said like a point yeah. per game is a good play. That's that's good. Right. That's right? a good barometer of of playing well. So when you have a goal per game, that's really good because generally speaking. You know, maybe something like a little bit less than half of your points are going to be goals if you're a, um, you know, kind of an elite uh, top level player. That's not true with Austin Matthews. He has 11 goals and only four assists so far. So that that perhaps seems um, it, it, it. He's been a bit uh, of a puck hug. I know no, no. He, he does not believe that it's better to give than to receive, uh, but <laughs> he, he will probably that'll change. And probably the thing that'll change is his uh, his goal output will change. Probably not going to shoot 21 percent, uh, uh, you know, 21 percent of his shots become goals as the season goes on. But again, great start for him. You got John Tavares. He's another guy that um, is sort of like he was the start of this. Signing him was the start of this little era of um uh, interesting Maple Leafs teams, competitive, uh, theoretically competitive Maple Leafs teams, whatever you want to call it. Um, but they, uh, yeah, they, they're off to a great start and they're, they're really red hot right now. Um, and you know, I don't think that they're the best team in the league. They have one of the best records in the league, but again, I think that number six ranking for them in ELO, Right outside of our top five, I think our top five was unchanged since last week. Lightning, number one, 
then Boston, number two, Colorado, who is one of our COVID hiatus teams at number three, the Vegas Golden Knights, who somehow look like now they're uh, uh, they're going to avoid that, even though one of their players was literally pulled in the middle of a game because he uh, his test came back positive. They're oh. still going to play as far as we know. They're at number four. Roll the Philadelphia dice, Flyers, right. Philadelphia yeah. Flyers. At number five, they are also one of the COVID uh, hiatus teams. But the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're the beacon of hope from that North division uh, that has had no team shut down due to uh, COVID-19. And uh, they're they're looking good. It being Canada, yeah. Uh, maybe they should have, you know, here's a radical concept. Maybe they should have played the whole season and all the teams n- up in Canada. I don't know. I mean, that's that uh, we don't have any precedent for them. I mean, you know, we, as, operating as bubbles both, in Canada, you know, as we both know the most underserved sports market in hockey is Sudbury Thunder Bay, right? Uh, well, we do. We know that in, in particular, I think probably <laughs> there's there might be like two people on Twitter that appreciate that, but they're also angry. <laughs> they're still mad. So they probably won't appreciate it anyway. Uh, but yeah, uh, the the so the Leafs look good and like I said I mean them having a what did I say it was a seven percent chance of winning the cup right now yeah. uh, which uh, ties them uh, or you know kind of edges out they're ahead of the Flyers now they pulled ahead uh, they they now have the uh, the fifth best odds of of winning the cup out of any team uh, in in our uh, Elo model so yeah that's I mean that's pretty good I'm sure they'll find some way like as great as things look right now. The uh, some kind of awful losing streak is right around the corner for them. Uh, it, it just feels like that's the way it is. But maybe this is they've been telling us that this is the year that things are different, like each of the past 50 years. So maybe <laughs> maybe this is the, the right year. You know, I don't like to pile on them because I do want to see probably of the Canadian teams. I would say they're the one that I. I'm probably most partial to the Winnipeg Jets just because um, I do a weekly radio hit uh, with a radio station in Winnipeg. Fun fact. Oh, my God. Uh, That's good. But probably second uh, most partial, I'd say the Leafs just because uh, like a number of my family members live in Toronto. Uh, and I don't know. I just want to see something good happen for, th- for them. Like I said, they're a little bit like the New York Knicks of hockey, but less repugnant ownership. Uh, so, which is not saying that much, but, um, you know, so it would be nice to see something nice happen, uh, for them. Uh, and then, you know, everyone else in the league can go back to hating them for like jealousy reasons instead of just like, (laughs) they're there. (laughs) Well, usually it's, we hate because they, they exist. Like that's, that's the way a lot of fans treat the Leafs. I feel like. I, I can see that. And again, like you are, you're a Philadelphian. So, you know, exactly just how to make like the hatred of another team just because they're another team part of your being. Yeah, no, you got to ball up that hate into a really <laughs> tightly coiled bundle and then internalize it deep inside your soul. Um, and, then, and then you get gritty. That, that's that's exactly how gritty I was, was born. <laughs> um, so, Again, I, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, this week because uh, we're all learning new things, mostly me being the one who's learning new things. Uh, I want to talk about ice. Uh, ice is good for a couple different things in hockey. It's a key surface. It's good in things that are not hockey. It's very good at keeping viruses alive. And there's different 
things that are going on in the league that make those two things combine. And so right now, a lot of the American teams are not playing hockey. Which ones are are, are on and which ones are not? Well, so uh, in terms of the list of teams that are off, uh, off the top of my head, I think uh, we, we said Philly, uh, we said Colorado. I think the Minnesota Wild are still uh, not functional. Uh, the... Uh, let's see. I mean, at a certain point, it feels like it would be easier. The Devils, the Sabres, uh, they're, they're not playing, uh, as of right now. Um, I'm probably forgetting some, but the, the, the big takeaway is that a lot of teams aren't playing. And I think the most interesting or perhaps frightening or, you know, whatever kind of implications you want to, um, assign to it is the case of the Sabres and the Devils, because the Sabres, uh, sort of have said, that they're they're very mad because players on the Devils had tested positive or um, it was like inconclusive and they were allowed to play in the game. And then lo and behold, you know, a lot of Devils players subsequently tested positive and then a lot of uh, Sabres players tested positive. And so there is this question of was there spread across teams, which I think is very, um, very pertinent for, you know, the rest of the season or at least until you know, more people are vaccinated, more, uh, the rapid testing is available. They're trying to ramp up some of the, um, the ways to kind of, uh, keep the season going and, uh, the precautions that they could take. But we should say that that would be, I think a first out of all of the, the sports that have tried to play through this pandemic is, you know, you had a very early CDC study on baseball that basically said, there's no evidence of cross team spread. Uh, and that was the big fear early on was the first weekend of the MLB season, the Florida, Mar- uh, oh, excuse me, Miami Marlins. Uh, I'm stuck in, I'm stuck in the <laughs> 1990s. Uh, the Miami Marlins, uh, they, they had players that they knew had tested positive, but they kind of played through it anyway. That wasn't too smart. Uh, and, and, uh, they played, I think the Phillies on that first weekend. And the big fear was, Oh my God, did, you know, was there infection from across those, um, you know, from the team that had a lot of guys on it that, that, uh, had tested positive. turns out, no, they held the Phillies out as a precaution, but, uh, you know, it, it didn't end up being an outbreak for them. And the study by the CDC subsequently sort of said like, Look, it was outdoors. There wasn't a lot of, you know, close contact. And we don't believe that throughout the whole season, there was a single case of spread going across teams. The NFL did a similar study where they actually used like wearable, um, you know, armbands or whatever. They've done studies and it's like, like the CDC bolstered a lot of it. Like they did some very interesting stuff. There's a cool thing in the journal like last week. Yeah, they did. And, and I think it was a case of like the CDC wanted data and the players, were like able to provide that and sort of they were the ones that uh, were the were the highest profile people trying to kind of go about their jobs through a uh, pandemic. And so they they outfitted them with uh, proximity, you know, like tracer tracker type things to try to figure out when someone did test positive, who were the close contacts? How do we define that? How much exposure for how long and in what setting was correlated with people getting it versus not. And they found some interesting things um, uh, in, at least as it pertains to the NFL about like 
the time that you have to be exposed to someone is much shorter if if you're um, if they're not wearing a mask, if they're indoors, that type of thing. That um, it, it's not that rule about oh six feet and fifteen minutes, you're fine. It's like actually, if someone's not wearing a mask or, and or they're indoors, it's a lot less than fifteen minutes, and it's a lot more than six feet can consider you a close contact. So they actually use that data to kind of inform themselves. But they also found that throughout the NFL season, at least through the end of November, there were also no cases of cross-team contamination. So it would be really interesting and have implications, I think, for the game of hockey uh, if this particular case with the Devils and the Sabres did represent it because it would kind of be a first and maybe it would say something about how you know, like you said, it's cold in these rinks there. There's not a lot of great circulation of air. It's not outdoors, uh, aside from the uh, bash that they're going to throw at Lake Tahoe in two weekends. <laughs> we'll see if that uh, we'll where that. like at least one of the teams is. I think the Flyers uh, are maybe not going to be able to play. So we'll see how that goes for them. But ironically, the outdoor games could actually be the safest ones uh, based on the, the previous data. But um so, yeah, I think that's still kind of an open question. But in terms of where the league goes from here, I mean, I don't see them suspending the season. I think that, um, you know, everyone has a lot of money to lose uh, in the case of doing that. And I do think that there's been a lot more there's been some silly efforts like, oh, we're removing the glass from behind the bench. I'm sure that will improve airflow by 0.01 percent. But I will say other things like rapid testing, um, which they weren't doing, which none of the leagues have been doing, which I find insane and leads to things like Justin Turner of the Dodgers finding out in the seventh inning of game six of the World Series that, oh, by the way, you tested positive. You got to leave this game. Uh, And then he comes back out on the field. But that's a, a whole other thing. But basically, like the 24 hour turnaround times on these tests does make it really difficult. And I think that's leading to a lot of the stuff with with hockey right now is that they have this bad combination of they're playing roughly as frequently as baseball teams, maybe only a little bit less frequently, but they're also a contact sport, a lot more, you know, close contacts and it's all their their activities are indoors. It's really creating um, uh, kind of a, a perfect storm for this thing to spread. And we're seeing that. Uh, but I do think that the you know, rapid testing like multiple times the morning before a game and pulling people out and and kind of uh, being smarter about who are the close contacts. I haven't seen anything about wearables, but um, I I think baseball is going to start doing that. Basketball is going to start going to use that pretty soon, too. Um, So maybe that will make its way into hockey. But there are some things that you can do that I think would actually make it a lot less likely to have these outbreaks that I guess hockey, maybe they got a little, um, a little complacent, a little emboldened because they had such a successful, um, restart. I don't think anybody tested positive the entire restart, but again, that was in Canada. That was in a bubble. Now you're talking about playing, you know, in America and playing in, uh, home arenas. And there are freaking fans invited to these, you know, coming to these games and stuff. So I think that they maybe got caught up in a little bit of hubris thinking that they could just kind of plow forward. And the virus is in a different place now than it was um, when baseball was trying to play just in terms of the variants that are a lot more contagious. Like in some ways, you know, we might see these sports tear up some of the rule book that uh, they, they thought they had learned from baseball and from football, even, you know, early in their season. And um, 
have to rewrite the rules for themselves. But then, yeah, the vaccines, on the other hand, it's kind of a race against time there. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But right now, it's a little bit of a, um, a rough spot, much like the rough spot in the ice that you showed yeah. me that so someone my, busted out a firing. This was spent by, uh, again, so my friend Tyler Laletta is a sports reporter at BI. He was the one who was just like, I want to become a hockey guy this year. And I was like, this is a great idea. I will also become a hockey guy. And Tyler sent me. Does this he have thing. a competing hockey guy podcast? He does not. He should come on ours very soon. Yeah, he's, he's so. fun. If, if you ever want to talk about the Flyers, uh, bring him on because he's also a Philly dude. Um, but we'll I don't know what it is about. What is it about Philly that you guys put in the water that just makes everybody extremely good at sports analysis and watching? <laughs> not like necessarily playing, but like. <laughs> yeah, no, not not playing necessarily. Uh, as you know, actually, whatever was in the water that Carson Wentz was drinking last season, we should stay Actually, away water? from water. Water in the water. Whatever was in the water that he was <laughs> drinking. Um, ugh, Carson, oh boy. Um, but yeah, so uh, he he said this along to me, and it's basically just again like, um. I've always been familiar with the Zambonis uh, or icing machines because they are hilarious and goofy and, and basically just a, a joke. Uh, but like, That's I guess I'm kind of favorite uh, it's really aspect rad. of hockey. Yeah, but I guess I guess my questions kind of entail like, you know, this is the thing that makes it the most unique of any other sport. Um, what like like what are the conditions that are OK and not OK? And like how how do you like like what is what, what does the ice do for hockey that, that other things like, you know, are, is there, are there on field conditions? Are some rinks better than others? Like, Oh yeah. Well, so the, generally speaking, the, the arenas that are only used for hockey uh, and, and that tends to be like, for instance, Winnipeg, you know, they're not, they're not tearing away the ice to play an NBA game every, you know, every other night or whatever. I believe the ice actually lives underneath. They're not, they're tearing away the hardwood on top of the ice. Uh, But uh, you you get the idea that, um, you know, the more stuff that has to be done at that arena tends to cause bad surfaces. I mean, obviously the the teams that are further south, especially as you get into the the summer, uh, get into the playoffs. The ice surface is a lot worse, I think, in those places. Whereas people always say, like, "Oh, Toronto, Winnipeg, uh, Edmonton." Edmonton has, uh, I think, a longstanding reputation as like the best ice in the league, and and it's just like, yeah, they they don't have to do other things around that, and also it's cold. And it's just easier to maintain. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, you know, is is part of it. Um, obviously, it also deteriorates as the period goes on. So, you know, when you start the period, uh, you'll see very pristine, you know, perfect ice surface. And then uh, and the puck will, you know, maybe it's a, only a marginal difference, but the puck moves a lot. You know, it moves better earlier in a period than it does later after um after all the friction builds up and all the snow, you know, from the the stops and the turns and everything that, that guys are making. And uh, there are, you know, there have been cases in the in the past and it comes up like that, that uh, that screenshot that you sent me of them having the ref having to pull out a, um, a fire extinguisher to spray on on a bit of uh, the, the, you know, puddles will form uh and it can kind of there can be like uneven ice surfaces i don't know how much time you've spent out on the uh, lasker rink or the one at um uh at uh 30 rock or whatever but like just go into a public rink you know especially if it's not like especially you know freezing outside and skate around and 
some areas of the ice will be much better than others. Uh, and I think that, you know, if someone complains about it or finds like a dead spot, the they'll kind of send the crew out to try to um, to basically use the the fire extinguisher kind of like quick freeze flash freeze um you know places where maybe a little bit of uh water has built up or whatever there was also you know goalies will try to do shenanigans and and this was probably truer in the past than it is now but um they would do shenanigans around you know because they're standing around in one place the whole time and that's a place that's also a really high traffic area so guys are doing a lot of like stops and and turns and everything that causes ice to kind of shave up or and, and snow to kind of pile up so i remember there was one time where there was a um, a penalty shot against a uh a goalie and he surreptitiously took some of the snow and fanned it out around the edge of the crease and the um the the penalty shooter came in and he tried to do a deke and the puck just sort of stopped like he kept going and thought that it would keep going you know with him but it didn't it did not go with him it stopped on the snow and um i don't remember what the repercussions were for that maybe there was a fight maybe there was some additional penalty or warning or something like that but uh, that was something that i i know at least one goalie has tried uh to try to gain a competitive edge is stack up bits of (laughs) snow uh in the path of where um an offensive player might be trying to carry the puck. I like, but, I like this. Yeah. I like the sport. Like how you just like, I don't know what the consequences were. Maybe some, maybe there was a fight. Like, yeah, like, there could have been a fight or there could have been some kind of, you know, rules based, uh, uh, remediation based rules. on that. But you know, the, the important thing is that justice was served in some way or another, but yeah, that's, um, <laughs> that's kind of how, like that's basically the the extent of things. I mean, the ice at um at NHL arenas is generally like A plus, you know, or A A minus at worst. <laughs> Whereas, like, if you're trying to play at you know a local rec rink or whatever, I mean, the ice level, the ice surface is going to be really bad. Especially if you have if you're on a bad team and you have ice time super late. Not that I would uh know anything about that uh in my younger days but basically the later in the day you know it's it's been a while and they don't have necessarily zambonis at these places they'll have people like drag you know some kind of smoother out across it um and you know you just kind of have to hope for the best with it so that's uh that's how ice is uh i would actually also encourage you probably the most egregious case of terrible ice uh, that I can remember in a game was mm-hmm. in uh, the the very first outdoor exhibition game. It was played outdoor uh, outdoors in Las Vegas. I, I, I'm not kidding you with this. <laughs> Outside Caesars Palace in like 1992 or something. It was like the Rangers and the Kings played <laughs> and Gretzky was on the Kings. And so they wanted to make a big spectacle out of it. It was a preseason game. So it took place in probably like August August in Las Vegas, they played outdoor <laughs> hockey, and uh, at a certain point, so the blue line, you know, I always thought the blue line was painted, or you know, it's like it lives under the ice. That's the other thing is like it, it you when you look at the ice at these arenas, it's not painted onto the surface. It's actually like layers underneath, but you can see it come up through, uh, and it kind of has this really cool sort of like three D effect to it or whatever. 
but in this game outdoors at Caesar's Palace, the, the the strip of fabric or whatever it was that that they were using to kind of become the blue line, the ice over it had melted. So guys were skating and just like it was like trying to skate across like when they put the carpet out and, you know, to, to have a ceremony at, at mid ice. If you hit that carpet at a, at a stride you'll just like fall right on your face. But this was like the blue line had become that and it had like <laughs> risen to the level to the surface and they had to sort of tamp it down. It was like a long stoppage in play and the players were probably like, I'm dying out here. It's like 90 degrees. Why are we trying to play <laughs> hockey? But again, it was the, it was the early nineties. It was a, it was a different, more liberated time in which we were trying things and seeing what worked. And uh, that was an exhibition game though. It did not count, which I, I'm the players would never have stood for that to count because the conditions were just like horrific in that game. Worst ice. It's so, so I, I should tell you at some point about um, the incident in I think it was the 70s or the 80s or something in Philly where it was so hot and the, the coolant system was so bad that uh, the surface fogged up and they had to postpone a Stanley Cup final game because no one could see anything uh, at ice level. But that's another story. Neil, we're doing an ice episode right now. When else are you going to tell this story? <laughs> Well, we could do it during the, hey, it's summer and they're playing hockey phase of the season, which will be at some point during the playoffs. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's been a number of things like that. There was uh, one, I think, at the Boston Garden also in like the late 80s where the power went out and uh, the auxiliary um, you know generators or whatever came on, but it couldn't cool the ice. And so the ice started <laughs> to melt. And that was another one where they had to postpone the game uh, for another. See, those are... Back in my day, we postponed the game over awful ice conditions and poor, uh, you know, uh, uh, freezing, uh, you know, whatever you call it, coolant systems under the ice. We didn't postpone it because of a virus. Although in 1918, (laughs) the Stanley Cup or 1919, the Stanley Cup final was canceled because multiple players died of the uh, the flu uh, flu pandemic back then. So, you know, there is a history of the virus and and hockey, which which we can delve into in a future episode as well. Absolutely. Not uh, to uh, end the segment on a downer note. You know, this segment's not over. I have like three questions. You got more ice um, questions. I I have well, I have I have some ice questions. I just like how like this is a game that can exist only for modernity. Like you could play like most other sports at any time in history, but like this could only exist now. And like there are well, places that's not that- true though, because they did play it. Uh, you know, the earliest forms of hockey they played. They, they, you had to play it outdoors and you could only yeah, play it in, in Miami, certain... But... No, no, no. It had to be in Canada. And there's a reason yeah. why that's the reason why Canada is the home, <laughs> the native home of hockey is that's the only place where there was enough ice uh, to be able to play it. I would say it's actually less suited for modernity because with, uh, <laughs> with the Earth's temperature <laughs> rising the way it is, it'll be less space to play hockey outdoors in Canada uh, in the future. <laughs> I, uh, again, it's just like there are places where this thing should not exist, that it is an abomination and, and never and that less is true. And yeah, that is, probably that is... there are more teams or as many teams in the Sun Belt in a place where really there is no yeah. business for hockey to exist than, as there are in Canada. Yes. Uh, absolutely wonderful. Um, just a you know, sidebar question. Uh, what's a deke? A deke is a, like a fake you know, you sort of like you have the puck, you make the defender or the goalie think you're going one way and then you you put it, you know, to you, maybe you have it on your forehand, you put it on your backhand and you sort of uh, fake them out. That's a deke. 
And there are different types of deeks, like different, uh, uh, there are deeks that are named after people, which we can get into at some point. Like the Forsberg deke is by far, I think, my favorite deke. The Forsberg. Okay. Deeks, we're going to do a Deeks episode just because you've really piqued my, because if, if we're doing it like, like scientific concepts, we're like, oh, you discovered the Deke, you get to be the Deke. Like. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like naming an asteroid after yourself. It's like <laughs> naming a Deke. <laughs> Amazing. Um, there was another question that I had this week, which is, uh, can you touch the puck with your hand? You can, as long as you uh, are not in particular situations where you're like gaining an advantage or in a particular place. So oftentimes if the puck shoots up in the air, a player will grab it out of the air, but they have to put it immediately down. They can't like, you know, grab it and, and toss it somewhere or carry it around or whatever. They have to put it down immediately and you cannot close your, um, your, your gloved hand around the puck in the crease. I believe that is, I, I, I wish I knew my rules better. That's either a penalty shot or it's an automatic goal. Uh, so if like you do that in your own crease, no, the goalie can, this is a okay. little soccer esque where like the goalie, they All have right. the, the trapper, the glove. It looks like a, a first baseman's mitt or a catcher's mitt like or, a or whatever. Stick. It look, like it looks huge yeah. <laughs> yeah so the 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 trapper you know the goalie is the only one that's allowed to um to do that uh but but regular players they can like swipe at it with uh with their you know uh any any piece of them whether it's their stick their skate their uh, their their glove or whatever but they cannot close their hand around the puck in the crease or i believe it's an automatic penalty shot or it might even be an automatic goal they're 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 like there are certain lines that you just don't cross and closing your hand, your gloved hand around the puck in the crease that well, mister, that's one of those, one of those bright red lines in the, like in the ice. Like, like fighting is legal in this sport. But fighting God is legal, for- but you can't close your, your glove around the puck. That's, that's a, uh, that's really unfortunate. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. It really tells I, I you I, something about priorities. Yeah. I think that again, like, like, watching a bunch of hockey, I'm starting to see like, you know, what you're not allowed to do. And like, I saw people like touch the puck with their hand. I was like, well, wait, this isn't volleyball. I didn't know that it was permissible. Like, can the puck go out of bound? Like, can it leave the, I mean, like, I know that it can like using physics, but like what would occur? Well, it leaves all the time. Souvenir for a lucky fan. um, So you, yeah, well, it is a souvenir for a lucky fan. Um, you 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 get to keep the puck, uh, at least when there were fans, um, if it goes up. And if you're lucky and it doesn't like injure you, getting hit with a puck hurts like crazy, even through pads. Uh, so it's it's not. It, I think it's probably even worse than trying to catch like a baseball because a it's not ball shaped and it flutters around. It's, it's a disc, and then also it's made of some pretty uh solid rubber, vulcanized mm-hmm. rubber, in fact. Um, but yeah, the puck goes out of play all the time. I mean, sometimes you'll see like if a guy shoots the puck hard enough and it hits the glass in the exact right place, it'll shatter the glass, and then they'll yeah. have to have um they'll have guys come out sweep up the the broken glass and then they'll install a new pane of glass where it was and it's a very boring and drawn out process that uh, a very tedious <laughs> process like watching like an episode of this old house or something <laughs> you know I went to a hockey game and a home improvement episode broke out um, but then uh, <laughs> also you can get a delay of game penalty if you intentionally shoot the puck out of play like we mentioned the uh, la- uh, whenever you asked about icing like 
you know, teams get desperate to clear the puck out of their zone. Well, one of the things they also can do is like, oops, I shot it out of play. So, you know, we get a face off. Uh, Maybe it's even a face off in your own zone, but at least you get to take a little breather or or clear the puck out. Um, And goalies will goalies have done this a lot, too. But when you shoot the puck over the glass and it's deemed to be intentional, it's a delay of game penalty. It's a two minute minor. And, um, they, they won't send the goalie off. They'll send some skater off the, the goalie. When he gets a penalty against him, someone else has to serve the penalty for him. You can't play without Ah. a goalie. I mean, unless you pull the goalie, but it's your choice, your goalie, your choice. Amazing goal. Again, goalies are, they're intriguing, you know, like I'm not going to say anything outrageous. Like they're the most interesting people out there, but like, Everything that you said about goalies paints a picture of a mysterious order of, of you know, vaguely lunatic. Oh, people have said bond. that they are insane. And um, that reputation goes back to the time in which they did not wear masks. So the puck is the same. The sticks are uh, the sticks are different, but I mean, it's the same concept. Uh, the idea of shooting it at the net is the same concept. And yet... Uh, there was a time up until I want to say the late fifties, early sixties, where goalies literally did not wear masks. They did not wear helmets. No one wore helmets. Um, but there were goalies that would have like ridiculous, like scars and, and, uh, you know, uh, sutures on their face, um, from where they had been hitting the puck so many times hit with the puck in their face. So many times it was a brutal and, uh, merciless sport. Um, <laughs> And it remains so, but but perhaps a little bit less so. Now, I, this is a question based exactly on what is happening on the screen right now. I don't know if you're currently watching the Boston Rangers game. I'm seeing this puck, uh, the, the yes. dreaded, did it cross the line or not? So you, how do they sell that stuff? Obviously, like other leagues have spent a lot of time adding VAR and things like that. But it seems like in this case, they didn't go. No, they the have goal, replay. But... No, they have replay yeah. in hockey. Yeah. And, and remember, the important thing is that it's not like in... Um, it's not like in football where the nose of the all that needs to happen to score a touchdown is the nose of the ball needs to break the front, you know, the f- front most plane of the goal line. In hockey, the puck has to the the back edge of the puck has to be completely over the back edge of the goal. So you can almost like oh. you can see white ice on the other side of the line for it to be, you know, be- daylight between the line and the puck for it to be a goal. Uh, and also, interestingly, uh, this will come up way more than you would think based on just like the way things are, uh, you know, the, the coincidence that would need to happen to produce it. But there are also a lot of questions as to like buzzer beaters in hockey. So, you know, in basketball, it counts if it leaves your fingertips before the buzzer goes off and it can actually go in after, you know, time has expired. That's not true in hockey. It has to completely cross the goal line before the clock hits 0.0 seconds to count. And there, I, I really am always surprised at the number of times especially in like playoff games where you will have a question of whether the puck crossed the line before zero seconds hit on the clock and it's like it, it it's it's not something you can time like you can time in basketball releasing the ball before the buzzer you know you're yeah. you're kind of in control of that but hockey's such a random chaotic sport uh that there's no way they can like they're just throwing the puck at the net and like hoping it gets through and yet uh, sure enough at least once or twice per playoffs there will be a question of whether a puck beat the buzzer to cross the goal line. Ah, it's again, something to look forward to. No, but like the thing that keeps on like 
coming back is like it is genuinely the most entertaining like last two minutes of sports and i just like that i've i that hasn't gotten quite old yet even though most of the times the rangers are in the last two minutes and it's very tight it does not go well for them it it has not really (laughs) gone well recently uh for the rangers in fact you're not our uh, team of the week no, I mean they've done considerably worse in your uh, in in you know the Gar data. Uh, they're, Although, they're now, do you, uh, uh, they still have a sixteen percent chance of making the playoffs? Do they? Now? Thing, there's a chance. Oh, uh, they're making the playoffs. Yeah, okay. I mean that's that's, that's not a, of winning that's the okay. cup. Don't get ahead. No, of you. no, I'm not. Uh, please, I, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> like, um, but I. You know, it's it's quite low. I don't mind that. It was weird seeing because the Islanders are now quite high, and for a minute there, it was like kind of even. You know, which one which one was the team to watch? But yeah, well, they beat the the Penguins. They had a nice comeback against them, and I think they've won another game since then. They started the season really slow, but they've been doing better. Um, and the Penguins are a team maybe we should talk about uh, next week uh, as as a team to focus on. Will they be our team of the week? I, I don't know. I don't think so. But they've done a shakeup at the top. Uh, and they're desperately trying to to kind of hang on to their Sidney Crosby. This is someone, by the way, do you know who Sidney Crosby is? We haven't talked about him yet on the show, but we should talk about him at some I point. I know of him. I know, like, he's a very, he's like, you have kind of compared him very favorably to the Gretzky of his era. Like, he's the yes. one who's kind of Joe. Um, Along with you know. Alex Ovechkin. Yes. Uh, so my friends who enjoyed hockey uh, were fans of Pittsburgh. And so and the other ones were fans of the Capitals. And so uh, those are two, two gentlemen who I'm aware of. Uh, OK. And, uh, my understanding is that they're kind of towards the end of their runs as far as hockey goes. Like not like yeah. they're not bad, but they're very much like the, the bulk of their career appears to be kind of done, at least in hockey time. Is that right? Yeah, I would say that. Um... You know, they're getting up there in years and and we haven't uh, like there have been some players, not necessarily star players, though, uh, for the most part, aside from like Yaramir Yager, who uh, a a penguin and a ranger uh, and and about 10 other teams that he played for in his career. But anyway, he is he was playing in the league until he was like 45. I think he's still actually playing now. We should talk about him at some point as well. But Crosby is 33 this season. It's not like quite the the end of the line in terms of being a great player, but you know, you start to see maybe a downturn in performance uh at that point. He's been like fine to start the year. I think he's been better than uh, some of his fellow penguins, but you know, they've been scuffling a little bit. Uh but he's definitely not you know, he needs to prove that he's still the same player that he was uh a couple years ago when they were winning the cup um back-to-back years. And he's had slow starts to the season before. Uh he had a really bad start to 2018 and then turned it around and had a great year still. So you know, he's he's doing fine this year, um, but uh, the Penguins as a whole, not necessarily in the best position. We'll see if uh, things turn around for them. But he's someone that we should talk about because I do think that I find him really interesting because there's been a long lineage ever since Gretzky. Really, they didn't even let they didn't let the Gretzky cool, uh, you know, before they uh, they started thinking of who would be the next Gretzky. It's a little <laughs> like Michael Jordan in some ways. Like people have been, you know, when you have these huge stars, people are looking for the next one. And there have been a lot of next ones uh, after the great one. And most of them have been uh, pretty big disappointments. And Crosby was, I think, 
one of, if not the first one to actually really deliver on that promise and, and become, you know, like a elite all time inner circle type of player. Um, so that's something to, to discuss at some point. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that'll be very fun. I'd like to kind of get into a few of these folks careers as we get along. Um, <clears throat> one thing I did also want to put out there is like, you know, we're not a call in show, but if you leave me or Neil a voicemail and it's good and it entails a question, I think that we could potentially air it on the show. Yeah, we could so, play it on the on the show. Yeah. And then you can also, again, if you do not have my or Neil's personal cell phone number, you can always email stuff to goons at substack.com. And that does end up going to me. Um, but uh, yeah. So like, I think that like we have a lot like, not that I'm running out of questions, but like we did talk about what is ice today. And I admire your the depth of your answer and your response. And I do have many more questions on it, but like, you know, this is an opportunity for folks who are not just, you know, me who are trying to become hockey guys to kind of fill in and, and hockey know. girls. And we hockey want girls too. pretty much everyone to, I mean, I, I love hockey. I will say this, that it's very funny. So when baseball started up in the pandemic and then was going through its, um, its COVID problems early in the season, I felt that like emotionally, I was like in, you know, very much feeling upset about the idea that it just wasn't going to work out. We weren't, we might not get a season, you know, this, that, and the other, when the NFL was going through its problems and don't get me wrong, I cover the NFL. I like the NFL, you know, I'm a longtime football fan too, but I just, I didn't feel it the same way that I felt it with baseball and I feel it right now with hockey and I'm really hoping that they're able to kind of make their way through it and I think that tells you something about like you know hockey and baseball are my two favorite sports and they're the ones that I think I have the most like emotional connection to from like a very early age uh and so you know that's that's I think part of why I'm uh you know, more plugged into, you know, the, the feeling of what's going on right now and, and, and really hoping, uh, for the best and hoping for things to kind of turn around. Yeah. Again, it's been a weird rough month, but it seems like, again, like it's just kind of a matter of just like, if they realize that the rules that they have in place are not enough, then like you turn the dial up. Like it's not, I think they pretty clearly aren't enough. I think yeah. that's like one of the things that they've learned, uh, they should be learning. I hope they're learning is that, you know, whatever you're doing right now, whether that be, and this is something that, um, Bob McKenzie, who, uh, a friend of the friend of the show, not really, but we <laughs> see him often on NBC sports network at intermission. Uh, and he, he has, um, he, he's very plugged in, uh, speaking of people who are plugged in, uh, to sort of the happenings of the league. He was saying that, uh, there may be stricter, uh, you know, restrictions around the activities away from the arena, away from the ice for players on the American teams. So that's another area where maybe they can um, start to, to try to cut these things off before they can kind of spread through a locker room. That's uh, a, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, no more maskless eating at Chili's. Okay. Who did that? Who did that? No, no who, one did that. Okay, I know nobody did. Although if I had to guess, I mean, I think maybe Patrick Kane would do that. Uh, there's, there's some guys out there, you know, Tony D'Angelo is not on a team anymore, so maybe, um, we can cross him off the list, but you know, he's eating maskless at a Chili's at some point. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just got to figure out what restaurant you go down for. And if it's Chili's man, I just don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, maybe it's a TGI Fridays, maybe it's an Applebee's. You, oh, you, you kind of get the idea. <laughs> an uno pizzeria um oh my god yeah uh so fun week uh what games are you looking most forward to this week and then we can kind of call it 
Well, yeah, I mean, the schedule is is changing on a near moment to moment basis, which has been a little uh, upsetting just to um, just because I run these numbers every morning. um, And and as part of that, I have like a calculation of like, what are the best games of the night? And tonight we we have both of the games, but like it's been a sort of a sparse, ever ever growing sparser list of games uh, yeah. to to look at uh, recently. But in terms of games that are coming up, I mean, I mentioned the Penguins and the Islanders; they're playing again uh, tomorrow, and I think that's a game that could really sort of, you know. I hesitate to put too much on one game, but it could change the trajectory, uh, certainly of the penguin season. If they, if they turn things, uh, around, they're probably going to have to start winning some of these. I mean, every game is a division game, but I think especially the Islanders are the team that they should have in their crosshairs, uh, to look at as a team, uh, you know, that they're fighting for that last playoff spot. Maybe the capitals also, they have been scuffling recently. Also tomorrow. Also the, the stars are playing the hurricanes and that's a premium, Central Division matchup of of a couple teams that we said we liked in the preseason, uh, and um, you know that that have maybe Stanley Cup aspirations. That I don't think they're going to win that division because the the Lightning are kind of going to run away with it. But we'll see how, how they can do it. Uh, and we also have the great thing about this schedule is we have like repeat matchups. Like for instance, the Canadians and the Leafs. They're going to play again, I think, multiple times in the next week. Certainly, they're going to play, I think, on, um, I want to say, Saturday. Uh, uh, that That's probably the Hockey Night in Canada game. So uh, those are always good to watch. And gosh, if the Avalanche could get back on the ice, they're going to play the Golden Knights. And that, I think, is a matchup of a couple of our, we, we talked about our top five teams. Uh, that's, I think, on Sunday. Um, if, if it if it happens I have no idea if it's actually even going to happen for either of those teams but um, uh, you always like it when two top five teams clash yeah so let's see if we can get them back on the ice uh, which as we discussed earlier is both a perilous substance but a good one and uh, it's very good at keeping facilitates the game it's a lot of stuff uh, Neil where can people find you they can follow me at at Neil underscore pain P A I N it's it's N E I L underscore P A I N E. I realize both names can be uh, misspelled. Uh, and if you're interested in my, my written work, it's at uh 538.com. I have a story about the penguins coming out tomorrow, actually about the, uh, the changes they've made. Uh, and then, um, of course so I have Lucy. We've got a Lucy right here tomorrow morning. Right. Check. Yeah. It's dropping. It's dropping. Drop it. um, and then also, uh, of course, we've we've plugged the GitHub before, but anybody that wants um, like player ratings, team ratings, uh, even, uh, you know, playoff odds for the rest of the season, they can go to um, Neil Payne 538. It's just all kind of mashed together uh, yes. at, at GitHub. And uh, I have an NHL repository that should be pretty easy to find that has all of those numbers in it. it and what about you, Walt? Uh, I am on Twitter at Waltiki. I'm an insider where I'm their editor for data. And I, uh, I read a newsletter called Numlock that you should check out. Also, it's award season. Award season is finally getting good. Uh, so you should check out awards.substack.com where I blog about the Oscars, stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, that's about well, it can, for me. By the way, can we convert that after Oscar season? And as we get deeper into the uh, NHL season, convert it to trying to figure out who will win the NHL awards like the Lady Bing. And Ooh. like the Hart Trophy and the Con Smythe, you know, we can we can kind of play around with that. By the way, if you yeah. haven't seen the trophies, first of all, 
I encourage you to go to Toronto when that's possible. Go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Look at them in person. They're amazing. But also just looking at images of them, the NHL has objectively the coolest trophies by far. Uh, the Stanley Cup included also of any sport, and it's not even close. I mean, what other uh, sport do they give the playoff MVP to? And it's like a replica made of, I think, like silver, like pure silver or something of the actual hockey hall of fame with a gigantic maple leaf, uh, like sort of sitting behind it. Uh, and, uh, and they hoist this thing. Like they give them this thing while they're on the ice. I'm going to stop you because what you and I are going to do is you're going to send me a list of these trophies and we're going to do a ranking. If not next week, and we will rank aesthetically the trophies. Yes. All right. And also, I mean, we'll have two axes. One will be the aesthetic, uh, enjoyment of it. And then, um, We'll also uh, rank them on how phallic they look because you will yeah. be shocked at how phallic some of these are. We'll just point really? that out. I, I want to hey. prepare you. <laughs> Next week, we have discussions about how phallic trophies are. Uh, and uh, remember, rate, review, and subscribe. Please give us five stars. <laughs> Bye.